everyone, and welcome to A Little Spooky, the show where we talk about things that spook us a little bit, like cryptids, monsters, aliens, UFOs, an old guy creeping into your house at night and leaving gifts secretly. It's Christmas. It is. Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas for the Christians. Happy Hanukkah for our Jewish listeners. Joyous Kwanzaa for people celebrating Black culture. Happy Saturnalia for the pagans. Happy Yule. Blessed Yule for the Wiccans. Have I missed one? Well, I'm Everett. <laughs> and I'm Colleen. <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. And happy holidays for everyone Yeah, happy else. holidays. Let's yeah. just do that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get going on Christmas stuff. But I just want to ask, what are we doing for Christmas this year, Colleen? What are we doing? Yeah. I want you to guess what we're doing for this episode. Oh, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what are we? We're, I think we're talking about Christmas spookies. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm going to be completely honest. I wanted to do Krampus, but I feel like everyone knows about Krampus already, right? Anyone listening to this podcast at least probably has heard of Krampus. And it's like, yeah, he's cool. And he is really cool. But I just like, eh. All right. Been there, done that. You don't that. need to explain yourself to no, me. No, I'm just, I'm just saying it's something I wanted to do, but it's like, been there, done that. I wanted to explore something else, some other Christmas spookies. And okay. I must say, in many traditions across the world, but especially Europe, Christmas is a very spooky holiday. Well, I mean, yeah, yes. It's just a conglomeration of a bunch of weird... Right, it's like very ritualistic. It's very dark. I mean, it's winter and... There's just a lot of dark traditions, and we're going to get into some of those today. All right. Can you guess what country these traditions are going to be coming from that we're talking about They're today? all coming from one country? Yes. Man, I do. I know that the weirdest Christmas traditions got to be from, like, Scandinavia. Are we talking, like, Sweden? Very close. Today, we're going to be talking about Yule in Iceland. Okay, very close. Yes. Yes. So... You may have heard of some of these. Maybe you haven't. Okay. I don't know. The only weird one I've heard of other than Krampus is Belschnickel from The Office. Yeah. And both Belschnickel and Krampus are German. Oh, okay. German area, at least. So, well, today I want to get into a couple things about Iceland's Christmas. Icelandic Yule. All right, cool. So, first, basically the antithesis to... Santa Claus, very similar to Krampus, is Grilla. Do you know who Grilla is? No, but like, you've seen the movie Santa's Sleigh, right? Yeah. Where, you know, Jesus is the son of God and Mary, but Santa is the son of Satan and, <laughs> what was her name? Like Helen? Or... I, I don't remember. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. It's just Santa, but Satan. No. Okay. Well, I mean... It is an anagram, isn't it? Santa yes. and Satan. All right. Sorry. Well, anyway. Go. Yes. So Grilla. Grilla is first described in poems from the 1200s, 13th century, as a beggar who asked parents to give her their disobedient children. So, okay, so she's like a witch. Yes. So right away, you can kind of get similarities to Krampus and Belschnickel there because they're, it's like the same thing as Santa Claus, right? Like he knows if you're good or bad. Just as Grela knows, you know, she wants to do something as a punishment to disobedient children. What is it with Scandinavians and punishing their kids? And <laughs> OK, that sounded wrong on Christmas because I don't I don't get it. Like, 
we don't have someone who like drags you to hell if you are bad. You just get a lump of coal. And even where did that come from? I didn't research Santa. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just it's a little bit odd. I've the the worst I've ever been threatened with was a lump of coal in my stocking. And that was an empty threat because my family never did stockings. My mom told me <laughs> my mom told me that was only for German children. <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains why I had stockings growing up, because I do have German heritage. Well, that that's just the the original description of Grilla is just kind of wanting disobedient children to punish them. But as the mythos kind of grew and expanded, she became much more feared. So now she is described as an enormous and repulsive giantess or a troll, one of the two. I'm sorry, did you mention when this originated? In the 13th century. Oh, okay. So it's, I mean, it's old, but it's not like... Just as old as like Santa, right? I think that came around the same time. St. Nicholas? Yes. Maybe St. Nicholas was a little earlier, but it's right around that same time. I feel like the the... The Santa Claus we know and love today is from like the 1900s. Oh, yeah, definitely. But like, I'm just saying the or because the thing is, the Grilla that we're going to be talking about today, it's kind of the same thing where it's more recent history that she's become what she is now. And do we know why she changed? I think. Well, no, I mean, just in the same way St. Nicholas kind of changed to Santa Claus. I mean, I guess I'm sure there's a reason for it. I just, just don't like know it. Theatrics of the season. Maybe? Yeah, I guess. Okay, sorry. But either way. Now she's known as a giant troll or giantess, and she was originally described to kind of live in a cottage in the woods, kind of like Hansel and Gretel style. But Mm -hmm. now she's more of like a cave or mountain dweller. So she's like a real giantess, like or like an ogre or something like that. I like the idea of like a Hansel and Gretel witch for Christmas. That seems more cozy to me. (laughs) Well, I, I did also forget to mention, too, that even though she did originate from the 13th century, it wasn't until the 17th century that she became associated with Christmas. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Weird. So, Do you know why she got associated with Christmas? Uh, yes. And I didn't write the author's name down, but she became a topic in a few poems that were read as tradition around Christmas time. Oh. So it, she became basically the Santa Claus. So, like, you know. Icelandic children need to behave. Sure. Otherwise, they're going to get punished and not get presents. And I have one last question. Last interruption. Does Santa not exist? I imagine in very modern history, he probably does. But, but at the time, it was just Grilla. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking. Well, well the, not just Grilla, because there are going to be other things we're going to be talking about in Iceland. Sure. But I don't think Santa was, though. Okay. I mean, but she's the one who, she either rewards you if you're good or she punishes no, you if you're bad. No, she does not reward you. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, she I'm only, sorry. She interrupt. is only a punishment. All right. Okay. So during the Christmas season, and this is modern times now, during the Christmas season, she leaves her home to search for naughty children. She carries a sack on her back, just like Santa would, but it's only to put children into, not to take gifts out. Sounds kind of... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, you'll, you'll yeah. see why. So she leaves her husband at home. And this is probably the only time we're going to talk about this guy because he is so insignificant to the story. <laughs> Hello. Well, it's it's kind of weird because even like Mrs. Claus and like the Santa Claus story plays more of a major role, even though she's not at all anyway. I heard recently that Mrs. Claus was literally just created because people thought Santa was lonely. Or gay or something. Yes. <laughs> well, her husband's name is, and I had to look up the pronunciation of this because it's Icelandic. Sure. But it's Leba Luthi. Leba Luthi. 
but it's not spelled like that at all. <laughs> okay. Um, so he, he, the only story about him, and there's not even a story, there's one description of him. He's lazy, and that's it. He's lazy and stays home in the cave. God, maybe that's like, maybe she, there's a reason she's angry. There's a reason she leaves. This is like real life, but trolls. Well, <laughs> so she leaves him home and she's going on the hunt for children to put in her sack. All right. And so what you're saying is she's doing the work and her husband's just lazing around. Yes. Probably doing absolutely nothing. And he's waiting for their meal because she's going to bring home the children and boil them alive and then eat them as a stew with her husband. Well, I don't know why she shares. She had to do all the work by herself. Why is she putting up with this loafer? Well, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but he plays one other role in fathering their children. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so she wanders around with a sack looking for naughty children. How does she know if they're naughty? Um, maybe someone outs them. I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I think it's more like she's a, a magical creature. So she's beyond our understanding. And just knows, Got just it. like Santa would. Feel yeah. So she's kind of a witchy person, right? She's there are a lot of similarities sure. to the witch in Hansel and Gretel. So what's one thing every witch has? A cauldron. Well, yeah, that's already established because they boiled the kids. In a the, broom. Not a broom. A hat. Shh, a not cat? a hat. Yes, a cat. <laughs> okay, first off, I'd like to dispel that rumor. Well, no, no. I wasn't even getting at cat specifically. I was hoping you would say a familiar. familiar. Okay. Yes. Got it. So this comes to the next portion of the story, which I think a lot more foreigners to Iceland know about, called the Yule Cat. I don't I I don't know that one. I think after I say this, I think you might. So the Yule Cat, and that's its name. It's just the Yule Cat. It doesn't have a name. It's the pet of uh, Grilla and Lebaluthi. And on Christmas Eve, he leaves the home to hunt for children to kill and eat. The cat, not Lebaluthi. The cat, yes. Okay, right, because we've already established that he's just a yes. piece of crap. Now, here's the weird thing. He does not hunt naughty children. He hunts children who have not received a new piece of clothing that Christmas. Mm, so he hunts poor children or children that refuse to accept a gift of clothing because they're too spoiled. <laughs> okay. I think that's the I, idea. I, was gonna say, I hope it's that one and not like, you know, the child whose parent couldn't afford them a new piece of clothing. So there is an actual origin to this that is completely unrelated to children being nice or naughty. Okay. So the actual origin of the Yule Cat comes from threats that farmers would make to their workers in order to finish processing the wool that was sheared from the sheep in the autumn before Christmas. So if they were to finish all of the shearing and processing of the wool into clothing, they would get a set of clothing for free or like as a reward for doing it. Mm -hmm. So if they didn't by Christmas Eve, then the Yule Cat or some sort of monster would hunt and eat them. Are their employees like five to seven years old? Well, I mean, this is back in, you know, medieval times. Yeah. So but <laughs> uneducated people and they believed I mean, like, in dragons and everything too. People, here's the thing. People have not changed that much. There had to have been generic common sense back in the day as well. Yeah. That'd but be like my boss being like, hey, 
Um, if you don't get me the Johnson report by Friday, the Mongolian death worm will eat you alive. Well, think of it this way, though. The people that are probably doing the shearing of wool and processing of it are probably the lowest of the low peasants. Really? Yeah, because the ones that are actually owning the sheep and running the farm are going to be... We're talking 13th century. Somewhere around. Feudalism? Yeah. So they're the lords and ladies of the land, and they're probably the only ones that have an education. All right. Well, I mean, there's a reason, right, that all of these stories come from something. I mean, people must have believed them to be true, or at least to a point. You think? People people believe the Bible. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, okay. See, that's religious faith. This is a giant cat that's going to eat you if you don't have new clothes. Well, if you don't finish your work before Christmas. Right, but then that turned into you didn't finish creating clothes, so you don't get new clothes, so the cat eats you. All right, there had to have been some uh, something else going on under the surface. So now I have another question for you. Mm-hmm. Does any of this so far about Grilla, her husband, or the Yule cat ring any bells to you other than the ones we've already talked about with like comparisons to Santa and other Christmas stories? Have okay, you- hardworking woman, lazy husband, evil cat. And even, just like throw, throw, throw out the an Yule American cat. Wife. Throw out the Yule cat. Does Grilla ring any other bells for you? The child snatcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's mm. about it. So, if any of you have watched the show Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Grilla actually is the main villain in the Christmas episode that was released after the first season. What? She she appears in the show, and, I, and in case anyone hasn't watched it and actually does want to watch it, I won't say any real spoilers, but there is a baby involved at some point in this show, and she is trying to steal this baby for her own, just like the origin story of Grilla. Yes. She okay, is also a witch, that. and this gets into my next point that we're going to talk about. She has 13 children called the Yule Lads. Okay, okay. Now this sounds familiar and exclusively because I did watch Sabrina. Yes. So the Yule Lads are probably the more happy side of Christmas, at least in modern times. She has happy kids? No, I'm just saying when it comes to Icelandic traditions for Christmas time, this is kind of the one where you actually get gifts and stuff. But they come from the old hag who steals children. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So- so the Yule Lads used to be a lot more sinister in older times, but um, in 1746, the Icelandic government actually did ban parents from telling the stories of the Yule Lads to their children because it tormented them so much. What? Because First off, how do you enforce that? Second. True. How do you enforce it? But apparently it did work because it is a lot more watered down now. Okay, but you're going to give us the original, right? No, because it's kind of lost to time. Oh. What's well, not spooky. basically the I think what the point was is these children of Grilla and her husband would basically hunt down children and torture them and like cause a lot naughty. of other mayhem and there's other more sinister stuff involved like possible rape and stuff too. Oh. So I think that's why it was done. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to explain what happens with the Yule lads. Okay. So starting on December twelfth. Going all the way to Christmas Eve, one appears every day or every evening. At your house? Yes. Okay. 
but I mean, they're also kind of roaming and we'll get into why too. The children leave one of their shoes on the windowsill every evening. And this also has ties to St. Nicholas Day in Germany. Sure. Where you leave your boot out on whatever St. Nicholas Day is. I think it's like the 6th or 7th of December and you get presents or something. Again, that's another thing. That's a German thing. (laughs) Only German kids Yeah, But so every every day starting on the 12th, one of the Yule lads would come. And if you've been good, you would get candy or other small treats or presents. But if you've been bad, they will leave your shoe full of rotten potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's fun. Yes. So we're going to go one by one. And this comes directly from a poem that was written about them that is now published in the the National Museum of Iceland. So this is the accepted government version of the Yule Lads. The one that is allowed to be told to children by their parents. Okay. So on the 12th is Sheep Coat Clod. It's the first Yule Lad. All right. He has stiff peg legs, likes to harass sheep, and also likes to suckle on ewes. This is the oldest son of Grilla. I don't know if they're necessarily in order of age. This is just in the order of appearance. Order of oh, they always come in this order. So on the twelfth, this one comes. So it's a sheep molesting peg leg boy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And I did also forget to mention each of them stays for thirteen days too. So number 13 keeps popping up. So he comes on the 12th, hangs around harassing sheep for 13 days and leaves. But he puts something in your shoe on the 12th, the night of the 12th. Oh, So he leaves on Christmas. Okay. (laughs) But does he leave something specific? Does each one leave something specific? No, they all leave kind of the same thing. Just treats. Treats or shit or whatever, if you've been bad. Rotten potatoes. Yes. Okay. So on the 13th, is Gully Gawk. Okay. Can you guess what he is? I will say... <laughs> no. The answer is no. Well, the, the thing is, and you'll see why after this one, all of them are literally describing what they do. Okay, so this is a guy that stares at seagulls? No. <laughs> he hides in gullies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to hide in gullies and then sneak into cow sheds to steal milk. And it's also said that he particularly likes the foam that accrues on the edge of whatever bucket the milk is in. So he likes the foam in particular. Okay, first off, how do they know these things? Like, if if you if is it supposed to be like if you leave out a bucket of milk, this guy's gonna steal it? Or yeah, they just cause mischief. I mean, this this all comes directly from. A specific very popular poem, right? Yes, that is okay. read no, every Christmas. So, okay. what's with their dairy obsession? Well, their Iceland's diet is very dairy heavy. Is it? Yes, and we're gonna get into a, some other examples of it too. Okay. So on the fourteenth is Stubby. So he's short. Yes. Okay. He is very very short, and he likes to steal crumbs from pans that have been left out. See, that's that's harmless. It's like yeah. a dog. Yeah, it's pretty like much. having a dog. An annoying dog, yes. On the 15th is Spoon Licker. All right. So he Sounds licks spoons. <laughs> That's gross. Now, one point that sounds that, pervy. Well, it, it's actually a little sad because he only consumes food from licking spoons. So he is described as being extremely malnourished. 
<laughs> because he gets the only calories he gets. Yes. Like, so do people leave out like spoons full no, of butter? No. The thing is, like, the, these are like pranks or like trickster type things that they do. So you're hoping they'll leave gifts, but you want to like avoid them otherwise. Right. Because you don't want them to leave yes. all your spoons. Yeah. That just causes more dishes. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the 16th is the pot scraper. Again, that sounds helpful. He steals dirty pots and licks them clean, but he doesn't return them. He steals oh, them. That's rude. Yeah. Seventeenth is the bowl liquor. Okay. Um, this one is a little bit more. I think it would confuse a lot of people that aren't native to Iceland. So I think it's kind of a cultural thing in Iceland to eat right before you go to bed, or possibly even wake up in the middle of the night and eat. They have this type of bowl that has a lid that they put underneath their bed in order to, like, eat it whenever they want it while they're in bed. What? I, I don't know. Is this a current tradition? Or where did I you think read this? On my research. <laughs> my research. I don't remember where I saw it. But, I mean, I don't think it's as common now, but it was definitely something that was done all the time by everyone. But why, though? I don't know. <laughs> but, anyway, the bowl liquor takes those bowls. He hides underneath people's beds and then we'll take those bowls full mm, of food that's rude i mean if i woke up in the middle of the night jones and for a box of tricks and it wasn't under my my bed well be this, is, this is iceland so you're probably getting milk or just a bowl yogurt or... to, to laugh up in the middle of the night yep Gross. <laughs> dairy heavy dairy and meat heavy not a whole lot of vegetation in their diet yikes all right so on the 18th is door slammer that's okay. what he does. Slams doors. Particularly at night. He likes to keep people awake and constantly slam doors while people are sleeping. See, that's diabolical. That right there is actually like if you're if you hate someone, that's what you should do. OK, so this next one is also going to require some explaining. Do you know what skier is? Yes, it's like not yogurt, but it's not cheese. Right. It's kind of in between. It's. People like to describe it as like an extremely fresh sour cream where it's very mild. Yeah. Or I've heard like a really smooth cottage cheese. Yeah. So it's kind of like a thick yogurt. It tastes a lot like yogurt, but it's very mild. Right. Um, so this is an Icelandic food. And this next one on the 19th is the skier gobbler. So his mission is to find and eat all skier available. He must have the worst constipation. Yes. On the 20th is the sausage swiper. All right. He hides in rafters and takes sausages while they're smoking. Smoked like, sausage links. Hang them to, from the ceiling and smoke them. Yes. Got so it. he'll hide up there and take them. All right. So no, no worries there in terms of my house. But twenty first window peeper. All right. <laughs> they get slowly worse. Yes. So he likes to obviously creep outside windows, and then he steals things that he views as valuable that he can see through the window. So like he'll break in and take. Okay, them. petty thievery, not you know peeping Tom, Tom Thomas. On the twenty second comes the door sniffer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very large nose and a keen sense of smell, and he has a love for baked goods. So anytime he sniffs out any sort of fresh baked bread or desserts, he will take those. Can you blame him? No, I can't. But I can blame this next one. On the twenty third is meat hook. 
Okay. <laughs> he uses a hook to snatch meat away, and he has a particular affinity for smoked lamb. He actually comes on the 23rd, which in Iceland is tradition, to eat smoked lamb for dinner that night. Oh, uh, okay. So he will actually try and steal that, apparently. And on the 24th is the last Yule Lad, the Candle Beggar. So candles aren't as big of a commodity now, obviously, but in Iceland, you know, they're very far north. So during this time of year, there are only a couple hours of sunlight. Sure. Well, not a couple, a little more than that, but it's very dark right, long. for longer than most of the world. Yeah. Um, so candles were a huge commodity and Candle Beggar would follow children and steal their candles. Oh, that's not nice. So I was going to ask you, are there like specific traditions that people follow on each of these days? Or it's literally, this is just pulled from a poem. Well, some more than others. So I was actually just going to kind of explain this too. Okay. He So as, as I said about all of these, they'll come one day and then leave 13 days later. Sure. So he came on the 24th, which means he leaves on the 6th of January, which is the Epiphany. Mm-hmm. So in Iceland... They kind of do the 13 days of Christmas thing. Yeah. And the Epiphany is a huge celebration where there's a lot of dancing and lights and stuff. So he's trying to steal all of these candles during the celebration. Oh, okay. Um, it's described as lots of people doing elfin dancing. Um, hmm. I don't know if that means more like Lord of the Rings Hardy style Hardy. elves or if it's more like... <laughs> Leprechaun. Keyboard elves type <laughs> stuff. Okay. okay. Um. Meat Hook, as I said, there's a huge celebration dinner on the 23rd, so sure. he comes during then. I think the door sniffer, he takes the baked goods, and I think that's a day where there's a lot of baking involved okay. to prepare. Okay, so um, each one has... There, there is a purpose yeah. for these. Um, I don't know if the tradition came first and the Yule Lads were built around that, or if the traditions were made after the poem, but it, either way, it's intertwined. Okay. okay. So all of those descriptions do come from the poem, but this is the only well-available description of each of the Yule Lads now. As I said, they used to be a lot more darker, and I think I did come across uh, specifically with the window peeper. I think he was the one that kind of was a little more sinister with doing maybe sexual okay, so assault they, type stuff. Um, and same with sheep coat clod. Instead of just suckling on ewes, I think he would actually have sex with the female sheep too. <laughs> the use yes so <laughs> it was like a lot more sinister and a lot more dark and creepy okay what um, is it wrong with people what what is wrong with the original people just in general and uh, what is wrong with human beings in general that that's what you start with don't ask me man <laughs> i'm just here to report the good news or All the right. bad however you look at it i did want to ask you though the number 13 comes up a lot in all of these traditions mm-hmm do you view that as more of a witchy pagan type thing? Because there's like 13 lunar cycles in the year. Or do you think it's more of like just a superstitious type thing? Like 13 is a bad number, an unlucky number. So 13 is associated with all of these mischief makers. But I would assume even that would be associated with like the witchy pagan sort of thing. Because 13 had to become unlucky somehow. True. Very true. I, I, I grew up always hearing lucky number 13. But now I think it depends on how you look at it. I I guess if you grow up in a Catholic household, 13 (laughs) is bad. But, you know, 13 for other religions might be a lucky number. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. And aren't there 13 like Zodiac, like in astrology? I don't know how many there are. I'm not sure. I I don't pay attention to that. So I don't know. But I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. The 13 comes up and constantly in all of this uh, 
Icelandic Christmas stuff. So just thought I would ask. Interesting. And and 13 is like, it comes up in a lot of European religious tradition, I feel like. Yeah, no, it definitely does. So I, I just thought it was odd. Sort of I just thought it was odd with this that like 13 was constantly popping up with the 13 Yule lads and they stay for 13 days and they come one day at a time. So 13 days of that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Europe I know is like slowly becoming less Christianized, or at least Western Europe, but like is Iceland a Protestant country or a Catholic country mm-hmm. or a I mean, this is completely kind of a shot in the dark, but I don't think there is much Christianity in in Iceland. I think it's kind of more of their traditional. Well, I think most of them now probably aren't religious at all. Sure. Just like most of the rest of the world. But I imagine if anyone says they still are, it's kind of more of their traditional religion, which is kind of a version of paganism. Cool. Yeah, I was just the concept of Santa to me is Christian. Just how it like kind of flowed from saint nick like there's kind of a a lineage there do you so santa was basically probably just brought on as a tradition yeah i mean santa's like you know like a more of a pop figure now right so i I did also want to kind of make a correction what i said about paganism too iceland was kind of settled by the vikings right Mm -hmm. so it's not really pagan it's more of like a norse mythology well, I think, and it, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of similarities between paganism. I mean, paganism like describes so many different I religions. Think technically, too. paganism is just non-Christian, right? Or maybe you don't believe because I don't. You wouldn't consider Islam to be pagan, no, or Judaism. I guess paganism so I is more of like a non-monotheistic. Sure, whatever. it's the old religion. Yes, but Iceland has its roots in Norse religions, but it's like its own version now because you know. Iceland was settled in what, like the Forever 1100s ago. or something, right around the time of Hergen, Durgen, Bergen, Leif Erikson. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> but anyway, that is the general story of Christmas or Yule in Iceland. All right. How did you like it? Now, we're not going to do a believability thing because this is obviously all stories, but like in a scale of one to 10 of you enjoying the stories, what would you give it? I much prefer these kinds of traditional stories to the you know Santa. I mean I like Santa I like gifts obviously but there's some more character to these kinds of stories and one thing I did forget to mention too now that you said that it's like kind of a tradition to have these giant parades featuring all of these characters too mm-hmm. so like people would dress up as like monstrous Grilla and like a, another monstrous guy that's whatever yeah. his name, Lebo Luthi or whatever. And they would look disgusting as possible because like they're ogres or giants or whatever. But then their children, the lads, the Yule lads, they like are more similar to like elves. Sure. Like they're kind seven of like, dwarves. Yeah. That kind of that style where they're silly looking. Sure. And they're all like, you know, very joyous except for Spoonlicker who's malnourished and sad and stubby who is extremely short. But it just, it strikes me as interesting. And this is probably a generalization. But there seem to be a lot of European traditions where it's not like Santa comes and brings you fun stuff. It's like a horrifying monster might come and steal you at the solstice. Well, they got it right, though, because have a threat to make your children behave. But you as a parent still get rewarded for giving your children the gifts. And you don't have to pretend that some fat dude came down your chimney and gave them the gifts. Right. Well, you don't have to deal with the soul-crushing moment your child realizes there is no Santa. True. 
I just it's it's interesting to me that a lot of ancient traditions are similar. Like if if you look into old Yule traditions, even like unrelated civilizations, you know, people in South America were celebrating the winter solstice in pretty much the same way as people in northern Europe. Not the same way, but they it's interesting that yeah, everybody they had a draw similar conclusions because of you know the solstice or whatever what yeah. have you i i don't want to get into like conspiracy corner again with like aliens and sure. we're all of the same initial society or whatever but yeah i think it is also very interesting that i mean i know norse and german traditions are very close just because of the geographic sure. location but i mean there were so sim- so many similarities between like grilla and krampus like, you know, trying to hunt children yeah. who are naughty and the Yule lads and St. Nicholas um, just giving, you know, small gifts in a shoe type thing. Yeah, I guess it just goes to show that, like, no matter where you are in the world, all humans are kind of the same. I wonder if we're like hardwired to find Yule to be an um, important date or if there's some mystical reason behind it. We're in a simulation and we're literally just wires and zeros and ones. No. Hardwired like, in that capacity. No, Well, I, I guess. Oh, I meant like, you know. Christmas is real. Well, I I am sorry I interrupted you before. So one out of ten for your enjoyment of the Icelandic Yule tradition. I'm gonna go with a, a solid eight. Okay. They're horrifying, but they're charming at the same time. I, w- I want like the real original versions of yes, I am the Yule very lads curious. that were s- for some reason outlawed. Like it must have been bad enough that the government wanted to ban did you, it. Did you mention when they banned it? Yes, it was. 1746. Oh, so it was that long ago. That, so it had to have been really bad because back then the kids, could, they were told anything. I mean, sure, I guess. I assume having not been alive back then. But I mean, judging from the stories like of things that were cool in my grandma's time, they had to have been even cooler. Well, I was, I was also going to give it an eight out of 10 because I always leave, you know, room for more but i hate that i hate that rule why can't more than one thing be a 10 because i hate when people say i give it an 11 out of 10 like those we rate dogs thing on twitter where it's like nice pupper 12 out of 10 why do you gotta <laughs> ruin it? i'm i'm just saying this very was very interesting to me but i want it to be scarier because i want the yule lad descriptions so are you celebrating christmas this year or yule as of right now, we're you, recording you, this pre-Christmas, but it's coming out on Christmas. I will be celebrating Yule on Monday, the 21st. I, oh, the 21st, yes. Right. Or do you just do the secular Christmas? Yeah, just secular Christmas. All right. Or like secular Christmas. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. So I heard we have a listener story and Colleen would not let me read it. I'm going to be honest. I have not really read it. Oh, you either. haven't. You didn't even proofread it to make sure there's like no vulgarities, like or. That's what editing is for. True. Okay, so this comes from Jackson. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. We're all gonna go through this story. We're gonna learn together. Okay. I do know at the end he does not ask us for advice, but he does ask us for our opinion. So okay, don't give me any crap for analyzing this. No, no, I'm not. I'm not, and I'm going to. Go into this thinking this person, whatever you're about to say, truly experienced this tale. Yes. When I was in fifth grade, I was on a field trip with my school to the local science museum. We got there early and the museum wasn't open yet, but they had a large playground around the back where they had all of us go. 
This wasn't a small amount of kids and teachers. This would have been three classes of about 25 to 30 students each with three teachers and six to eight chaperones all keeping an eye on us. Okay. So that's, so that's like about 90 kids. 75 to 90. Let's just say 90 let's kids. Let's just round it 90. to 90. So yeah, that's, that's 10 kids per adult. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I don't think that matters, but interesting math. Quick okay. math. Quick maths, yeah. <laughs> I was playing with my friends, of which I had a few close ones, but literally the next thing I know, I'm alone. I remember looking up from just picking up a handful of rocks and there is no one else anywhere around. I start walking around the perimeter of the building and still see no one until I make it to the front entrance where everybody is lined up and all of the teachers are panicking. My own teacher starts screaming at me for having been missing for somewhere around 15 minutes. To this day, I have no idea where that time went or what happened. You guys should try and deduct what happened to me. Was this aliens or a slip into an alternate reality? Okay. I feel like I missed something. So he says that he just went down to pick up a rock, you said? So he's playing with his friends in a playground in the back of the museum, waiting for the museum to open. Right. Uh, it sounds like they were like throwing rocks at each other or something. So he leans down to like pick up a rock to throw at someone. And when he stands back up, everyone's gone. So and he wasn't alone. He was with his friends playing. Well, there were 90 other kids. Right. But were they all together? Or that's like... what it sounded like. They were all sent to this playground in the back. Mm. I can't tell if that's missing time or maybe you woke up in an alternate reality. Yeah, maybe I, you sw- I, got switched. You maybe you got body switched. Like the real you got sent to, like this isn't your original universe. You got sent to empty playground town. You got switched. <laughs> you got switched. You got switched. The the lonely Jackson in f- empty playground town reached up into full playground town, pulled you down into empty playground town, and took your place back with your friends. So you became lonely playground Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Even though that is very like, you know, an odd suggestion, I would say, I think it's more likely that that is the scenario than missing time. Because if it was missing time, don't you think like if he had passed out or if like whatever, not assuming it wasn't aliens, if it was just missing time and he doesn't remember like short term memory loss. Everyone around him would have seen him like, fall to the ground or something, right? Well, but there is some kind of missing time because 15 solid Well, right. I, there, I mean, there's missing time, but I, I guess what I'm saying is in the sense he didn't pass out or become unconscious because his body would have still been there. So the children and teachers and whatever would have seen him there when they were looking for him. It was him. more like you froze in time. Yeah. And the rest of time fast forwarded and you stayed where you were. Like Sanic, super fast. No, not like Like, that. like bullet time, like slowing down. Everything seems normal speed to you, but to everyone else, you're just going so fast you can't even see. No, but the other way around. It seems like everything's the same speed to you, but everything around you is going so fast you can't even see. That depends on your perspective, right? If you're going the speed of light, everything around you seems like it's going super slow, but you're just going really fast. Okay, this got too confusing. Here's It's a very confusing story. Is, and honestly, it's terrifying, actually, because like, Here, what here's, happened? Here's what I really think it is. As I have mentioned in a previous episode, I am of the opinion that 
it is just as likely as any religion that we are in a simulation. And this is a glitch in the matrix where something just went haywire and he lost time. Everyone was looking for him and he disappeared for 15 minutes, but he was really there the whole time. Do you think this is just a, a problem with the computer simulation? It's a bug in the game. I I don't agree. I I think it's a warp into an alternate reality. And now it's just been long enough that he doesn't remember the the true reality. The well, true reality or the weirdness. Like perhaps there was some kind of strangeness to this reality versus like the, the old. The sky one. was a different color in his original universe and it was purple, but now he's in our blue universe. Yeah, but I mean, isn't the theory that there are infinite alternate universes? Right. With every possibility. If that's the case, the only difference between this universe and that one might be the fact that the playground was full in one and the playground was empty in another one. Yeah, that's possible. I think that is scarier than Glitch in the Matrix, personally. Just that there's infinite, infinite, infinite universes with so many different possibilities and he just skipped beat one to the other yeah how did you how do you how do you move through did somebody maybe, move him or maybe Who's the rock the chess master here or the rock he touched was a catalyst for him jumping universes ah. or he wasn't supposed to touch that rock from the beginning and that caused the bug in the game and he was glitched out in the matrix or he died jackson are you dead did you die that day when you were, how old was he? Fifth grade. So like. Twelve? Nine. Nine? Mine? Between n- nine and twelve? T- ten. You're young, five in You were a young lad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I'm sticking with the glitch in the matrix theory. I'm going alternate reality. Think really hard, Jackson, and please feel free to contact us again. Do you remember things in your first nine years of life that were slightly different? From the world around you post. I can't even remember anything before I was 18. I've lost all memories of my childhood. Yeah, the world actually was pretty different when I was in fifth grade. I remember buying like Spice Girls lollipops. You can't get those anymore. You know what? what? And I almost want to do an episode on this too, but we're just kind of on the topic. Have you ever heard the theory that the world actually did end in 2012? No. Maybe we should do an episode on that. But I, my theory is this, is the world is supposed to end in 2021 and whoever read that it was 2012 was dyslexic because this year has been absolute a shit. Well, the, the guy that kind of made this theory popular makes a lot of very interesting and arguably good points on us actually dying in 2012. And this is just, I don't want to say simulation again, but we're like experiencing end times. And we all actually did die in so 2012. this is the afterlife? It's just yes. the same as the this, before life? A shitty, continu- actually, a shitty continuation. It's actually even shittier than the before times? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're listening and you're kind of interested in learning more about the 2012 we actually died theory, let us know. Um, it's back into Conspiracy Corner and it's basically a giant Twitter thread from this one guy. But it's massive amount of like stories and points he makes i'm not going to say proof obviously but like it's a lot of reading and there's a lot of stuff with it so i'd be interested i don't want to have to do all the reading that's the point of this you can summarize (laughs) it for me (laughs) well if you want that let us know but if you're just interested in reading it yourself just look up uh 20 did we die in 2012 i think is the name of the 
Twitter thread or something. Well, now I'm actually intrigued. Don't tell them to read it. We should do an episode on it. <laughs> we may or may not. So, but if you have any other episode suggestions, or if you want to send us a listener story to read, send us an email. Yeah. At- if you see any like cool news articles or anything you want to share with us, we're totally down. Yeah. We'd love to see it. Our email is contact at nerdsloth.com. Or send us a DM on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All of the, was, I was about to say hashtag. <laughs> no, hashtag. You can tell I'm not a social media guy, but our handles are at nerdsloth HQ. Yes. And you know what? Follow us on all of those because. We're always posting when new episodes of every Nerd Sloth show comes up. I occasionally gaming. And I occasionally shit post on Twitter when Colleen's not looking in my direction. Yes, Everett shit posts. But only on Twitter. I don't like the other ones. Right. Just follow us, man. Cool. Well, you know what? You're listening to this on Christmas yeah. Day. Merry Christmas. But Happy holidays. For, I'm gonna just before that, if you celebrated anything before that, just keep celebrating. Happy solstice. Party doesn't have to stop just because the calendar says. It's solstice. Yeah, winter solstice. Yes. Party does not have to stop just because the calendar says it does. This is a dark time of winter. This is when you are supposed to be partying to, you know, bring yourself through. We're in Duluth. This lasts for a really, really long time. So I'm going to be partying probably till February. Well, and hold on. Let me do the, the quick maths again here. I think our next episode isn't going to be coming out until New Year's. 2021 yeah so we will see you next year yeah unless the world ends in 2021 i already did in 2012 man we're dead this is purgatory whatever man all right well i guess uh bye then we love you (laughs) Bye. (laughs) bye merry christmas merry christmas Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.